Welcome to EdChoice Chats. My name is Abby Hayes. I am the CRM and email marketing manager here at EdChoice. And today I'm chatting with a parent from Arizona. Her name is Jenny Clark, and she and her family are currently using Arizona's Empowerment Scholarships accounts to get their kids the education that they need. So here's our interview with Jenny. Hey, Jenny, how's it going? Hi, fine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Absolutely. So do you want to just dive in? Just tell us about um, how did your family come by getting an ESA and what's it doing for you guys? Sure. Well, we had our um, older children uh, evaluated in our local school district. This has been about a year and a half or so now. And we suspected they might have um, some learning challenges or some developmental uh, issues. One of my children had been in early intervention and needed some other uh, speech and occupational therapies, but uh, we just thought maybe there was something more going on. So after that evaluation, um, which was a kind of a long and difficult, lengthy process, uh, we found out that our two oldest boys, now seven and nine, had severe dyslexia and dysgraphia. Um, So uh, dysgraphia is for the handwriting. Mm -hmm. And we were really surprised to find out that our local school district uh, did not offer any services in the entire district uh, for kids that were in situations such as ours. So uh, we ended up um, keeping them at home and doing an online charter school for about a year. And then um, after the charter school, we found out about the ESA program kind of right around that time. And we applied for the empowerment scholarship account. And our kids have been on that for, uh, gosh, just a couple of months now, almost four months. Okay. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So what would it have been like if you had stayed in the public school district? I mean, would they have just had to kind of struggle through or what, what did the school tell you? I'm curious about that. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, they would have had to just struggle through. The school said, you know, basically we can offer your your children uh, 30 minutes of reading help twice a week. And we had done so much research at that point, you know, through all these uh, meetings. We said, well, wait a second, you know, dyslexic and dysgraphic kids don't don't need just reading help. They need actual programs that remediate the dyslexia. Mm-hmm. And these programs take, uh, you know, 30 minutes to an hour every single day. That's kind of key. And it takes a few years. Um, and they just said, you know, we're not, we're not set up for that. We just can't offer, offer that. So with the empowerment scholarship, we are able to, um, buy the curriculum, the dyslexic specific curriculum that our children need in a variety of different subjects, uh, for reading and for, for math and other things. Um, and we are also able to pay for, uh, tutors, um, speech therapists. One of my sons is currently seeing another speech therapist with the empowerment scholarship. And it just opens up, uh, opportunities for parents and for kids that they may not uh, have or receive in a traditional public school environment. So we are just so thankful. We we would have had to uh, most likely just, you know, figure out some sort of way to pay for all of these uh, therapists and tutors on our own since, of course, um, you know, insurance often doesn't cover these types of things. So we, we just cannot say enough amazing things about uh, empowerment scholarships and how they pay for children. That's awesome. So tell me about your experience with the online charter. What was that like? I'm just curious about that too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we really loved the online charter program that we were in here in Arizona. It was called Sequoia Choice Online. Uh, They were extremely flexible in understanding the needs of our kids. Uh, We were able to make accommodations uh, for our children while they were in the online charter school. Um, And we were able to get different uh, curriculum also approved uh, for our children during that time. 
you know, we were able to say, hey, look, you know, this, this, you know, grammar curriculum, reading curriculum is not really dyslexic specific. You know, can we provide all of the information and curriculum and details for this other curriculum that we're using, uh, dyslexic specific curriculum and, and have that count towards these hours. And they were, you know, more than willing to accommodate. Uh, and we actually have referred them to dozens of other families. We, we know so many other families that have used them uh, either before ESA or if they leave the ESA program, because of course you, you have to choose one or the other, a public school or the ESA scholarship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were very, very pleased with our uh, online charter schools. Very cool. So what does your typical school day look like now? Are you using something for sort of a base level curriculum and then adding these ad- other services on top of that? Yes, yes. So we have uh, several different uh, base level curriculums, like you stated, and then we add other uh, services on top of that, um, extracurriculars, uh, things like that. So with the Empowerment Scholarship, we're kind of um, in a new category if we don't choose to put our kids in private school. With Empowerment Scholarships, of course, uh, you can choose a private school that works for your child. Uh, Right now, there weren't any private schools that currently worked with dyslexic children in the ways that we needed. Um, And so we are uh, ESA educating parents with a child in the home. So we're in a new category, um, but we we do all of our uh, foundational subjects. So we do our reading or grammar, uh, math, and then we do a science and a history. And for example, you know, with our uh, history curriculum, we are able to get all of the uh, the books basically on an audio CD version. Uh, they allow that, and so. Uh, in addition to, you know, reading to our kids while they're remediating their dyslexia, because reading is such a struggle uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's just so hard for them to want to do school when they just get anxious about reading. So they're able to listen to the audio um, of the textbook while they're doing their worksheets or while they're working on their projects. It's just a flexibility that we wouldn't have for, for our kids in all subjects uh, if they were in a traditional classroom environment. And then, of course, uh, you know, we do other activities like a PE group and things like that during the week. Very cool. Can you tell me about the experience of applying for the ESA? What does that look like? Sure. Um, The application process was a little bit difficult, uh, but not unmanageable. Uh, There's a lot of great resources out there through other ESA parents. They actually have a really wonderful Facebook group, uh, both for parents who are applying and then uh, another group for parents who are actually in the program that might have different questions. Um, so the process is a little bit difficult, but not impossible. You basically have to uh, provide certain uh, pieces of documentation, of course, to show that you're an Arizona resident and then that you meet one of the qualifying categories. So uh, one of the qualifying categories um, is, of course, that your child has a special need, which means uh, you have to provide a, a MET report or uh, an IEP from a public school. And, um, and then you have to have met in Arizona a hundred hours, uh, or uh, excuse me, a hundred days or an hour's equivalency. If the school is online, that's what we had mm-hmm. uh, to show that you are transferring uh, from a public school. Okay. And so some kids will have that very easily because they transferred from a traditional, uh, you know, district or charter school. And then other families might have to provide the hours documentation like we did. Okay. But charter schools also count in that requirement. Yes. So the ESA scholarship in Arizona is for basically what we call switchers, kids that are switching out of the public school system, which is district or charter. Okay. Um, So then tell me about how do you go about finding and paying for the services that you're using the ESA for? Yeah, absolutely. Services and curricula. 
Right. Well, a lot of families might already um, be using some of these tutors or therapists, uh, but the way the program works and in order to protect taxpayers, we can only use services with our ESA scholarship funds uh, that are approved and tutors and therapists that are uh, either have a degree or a qualification or certification or credential. So that is one aspect of the program that can uh, prove to be difficult for parents is making sure uh, that they have all the documentation that they need because we, we have to provide a receipt for every single expense and documentation with a certificate or a degree every single quarter that we utilize any services. So we really use the uh, uh, ESA Families Facebook group a lot and we say, hey, you know, we've got this great, uh, you know, speech pathologist. She's got her degree in this. This is her certification. She's got openings. And parents learn a lot about some of the services that they need uh, through networking, basically. Um, sometimes our current service providers uh, will qualify and other times they don't. So we have to we have to switch or, or pay separately, basically. Okay. So when you're paying for the services, do you get an actual debit card? Like I know with my HSA for health accounts, you know, you can pay for services up front or you can pay for them yourself and then get reimbursed. So how does that work with the ESA? Sure. Well, in Arizona, you are approved under the Empowerment Scholarship for a certain amount of money uh, based on your child's disability. Of course, there's typical children who uh, receive the scholarship and they receive the lowest award amount and then the amounts go up depending on uh, the learning disability or diagnosis. Uh, The funds are deposited quarterly onto a debit card for the parents to manage. And um, the card will only work Uh, at places with specific what's called MCC codes or merchant uh, credit codes. And that's in order to protect taxpayers, of course, to make sure the cards can't be used um, outside of the guidelines in the statute or the Department of Education uh, handbook. Um, So then we use that card for those services. And um, sometimes we can, if they've got an office and it's, you know, doctors type therapist office, it's easy to get the card to work. Other times we have to you know, work with some of these vendors in actually helping them change their MCC code, even working with the Department of Education to make sure that our cards will be approved for purchases. So sometimes that can be a challenge, but you know, once a vendor is you know, certified and approved, then they're in the system, they can accept payments, and everything is a lot easier after that. Okay. So have you had to go through that with some of your additional yes. services? That sounds <laughs> like have, a big yeah. process. And it's, it's one of those, um, with one of our teachers that does some uh, piano lessons and music type therapy, we had to kind of work with her on that. Of course, she has a you know a degree in music, and so she's just wonderful. And we had to kind of walk her through that, those steps. And, and that can be difficult also because sometimes you have really amazing tutors and therapists um, that are kind of like, wait a second, you know, this sounds confusing or complicated and we have to really educate them and work with them so that uh, they can become approved uh, vendors or, or therapists. But it, it's worth it in the end. We, we kind of chuckle as ESA parents because the guidelines are, are just really, really specific and people are like, oh, that must be great, you know, that, that you get to utilize funds on all these different things. And we say, well, hold on a second, you know, we're, we just got approved this year, you know, to use funds on educational field trips. Uh, but unfortunately, we have a running list of maybe now only five places that will actually um, that we can use our empowerment scholarship account card. 
at because of how their uh, merchant credit card system is set up. So, so that's a little bit of a challenge. So it's kind of an evolving process. It's an evolving process. And, uh, you know, parents in the program here in Arizona ha- have been just really amazing, even before we get, got into the program, uh, really advocating for themselves and working hard with the Department of Education um, and vendors. And they continue uh, continue to do that, which has been excellent. Very cool. So are your kids enjoying it? It sounds like it's going well. They're really thriving. Yes, our kids are enjoying it. They're doing amazing. Um, we've been, let's see, using the uh, Barton, it's called Barton Reading and Spelling. It's a dyslexic specific curriculum that's just incredible. And, um, you know, it's it's hard for anybody, no matter what um, challenges that your child has, even sometimes talk about it because when you, you're either going through a really difficult time trying to figure things out and that's emotional, or you're going through a great time, which is, I feel like we're in a sweet spot right now where our kids are doing really well and working through some of their issues. And that, that kind of makes you emotional too, because you just feel so happy for them and you feel so hopeful for them. And I feel like we're a little bit in that sweet spot right now where um, our two oldest are, you know, just starting to read. They've, we've been doing these programs. We started some of these programs before they were on ESA. So we're about a year into it now. And uh, yeah, you just, you just have hope that you didn't have before when people were telling you no, no, and sorry, and we don't have this and we don't have that. And now it's like all of our answers are, yes, we have this. And yes, you can do this. And yes, you can help your child. And it just, it puts a whole new spin on how you view your child and their educational abilities and their future, to be quite honest. That's awesome. So kind of along that note, how do you or what are you required to report back to the state as far as, you know, we're doing this and there's progress being made? What requirements are there? Uh, So in Arizona, there aren't any requirements um, regarding us reporting back. Uh, The parents are the uh, sole manager of their child's education when it comes to the empowerment scholarship. Uh, We've been in the program, like I said, just a short period of time now. So there might be some other guideline that I'm unaware of, but Mm -hmm. uh, currently right now, they do not control what curriculum we choose, uh, what therapists or tutors we choose, uh, that's in the hands of the parent to manage, which, uh, you know, sometimes people go, oh, wait a second, that sounds kind of, you know, I'm not sure about that. But when it comes down to it, nobody cares more about the education of their of their child than the parents, right, than the families sure. that utilize the scholarship. And so I used to be kind of nervous to share that with people, but then I realized, wait a second, this is a really amazing, beautiful thing that our children have. Um, that they wouldn't have otherwise if they were in a traditional school environment, public school environment. So uh, I'm excited to share with other parents. And I think that inherently most parents know that their children are unique and that children have unique needs. And um, I think other parents get excited when they hear about the things that our children have uh, that maybe sometimes they wish that their kids had access to as well. But currently right now, we don't have to uh, report anything. The one thing we do have to make sure of is that the things that we are um, purchasing the things that we are doing, the therapies that we are using are all approved and meet the guidelines that are in the law and in the Department of Education handbook. So, you know, when we purchase books or things like that, they have to be, you know, age specific, you know, generally related to the grade of the child, um, things like that. Okay, that totally makes sense. So what advice would you give to parents who first, let's talk about parents who already live in an ESA state? and are maybe looking at trying to qualify their child for an ESA, 
I know from our research, a lot of ESA families are using the programs to go to traditional private schools. Uh-huh. So maybe it looks a little bit different. It looks a lot different for your family. So if somebody's trying to put this together, it sounds a little bit overwhelming to me as the parent of a first grader thinking through like what that might look like for our family. So what advice would you give? My advice would be just to not give up, to ask questions and to uh, put the work in on the front end as completely exhausting and overwhelming and even sometimes stressful as it might feel once you put that work in on the front end, the payoff, you know, down the road is just so amazing for your kids. I remember a a year and a half ago, once we got this diagnosis and we kind of knew about ESA and we were thinking about switching to the charter. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this is a year and a half, a two year process away. Like how could we, you know, they just felt so daunting, but then you realize, but if this is really deep down what our kids need, if they're going to need these therapies, they're going to need these tutors, then we just need to push forward and do it and just take it one day at a time. I will say in Arizona, uh, from a private school perspective, out of the top 10 private schools in Arizona who receive ESA scholarships or ESA students, nine of those are specifically geared towards families with special needs. And so just remember that there are options out there. Not every ESA parent has to, you know, put their kid into a home educating environment. There are great private schools out there that can help parents through that process. One of my girlfriends just this past year had said, you know, we heard about ESA and we weren't sure, but we finally just, you know, went ahead and pulled our son and put him into an autism specific academy here in Arizona. And we wish we would have done it five years ago. And that's the kind of stuff that you hear that encourages you to the point where you want to keep helping other families, keep encouraging them to advocate for themselves because nobody cares more about your child than you do. Um, so to press on really to, to, to not grow weary and to keep pressing on because it's worth it in the end. That's awesome. So it sounds like your advice might be kind of similar for families who are in states going, we don't have an ESA and we'd really like to have one. So I know you maybe weren't in on the, the process of getting an ESA in Arizona and, and talking to different people about that. But, but what would you advise to parents who don't have that option right now? I would advise those parents to band together with other uh, like-minded families and to contact and reach out to other states that have done it well, um, because I think they might be surprised how quickly and how effective that they can be as parents advocating for themselves, um, for their children, for their education. Again, I think it's one of those things that deep down parents know that school choice works. They know that kids have specific needs that aren't getting met in traditional school environments and that they'll never know if they don't start. And even if it's something where their own child might only be able to access a program for a few years, just think about all of the other children that down the road can benefit from these programs like my family. I mean, ESA in Arizona has been around for seven years and I am so grateful for the people who, you know, seven and eight years ago pushed hard to bring ESA to Arizona because now um, our kids are thriving because of it. So just to, um, just to go for it, basically that to not let anything stand in your way because sooner or later it can happen. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave us with? No, no, this has been great. I really appreciate you uh, letting me share about the program. Thank you so much. Sure. Thanks a lot for your time. We really appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Ed Choice Chats. I hope that you enjoyed listening to our interview with Jenny. I really enjoyed speaking with her. 
please subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. Follow us on social media at, at EdChoice on Twitter. And sign up for our email at our website at www.edchoice.org. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.